Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Carefree and Black Diaries podcast. My name is Shakira and I am the host here. If you are already a part of our Carefree family, meaning that you are already subscribed to the podcast and you get alerts and notifications every single time we have a new episode, thank you. Welcome back. Thank you for being a part of our Carefree fam. Now, if you don't receive those things, if you aren't subscribed, it's a very simple process. On whatever app you're using to listen to this podcast on, you can just simply press the subscribe button and that way you'll be notified every single time we have a brand new episode, which happens to be every Tuesday at 9 a.m. So thank you for subscribing. Now, here on this podcast, we talk about a range of topics from pop culture, politics, news, music, film, entertainment, and so much more. But most importantly, I try to leave you guys with a topic where sometimes it's fun, sometimes it's a little more serious, but most of the time it's just a topic that I would like to share with you. So hopefully you can learn some things from my life lessons. You can pull and take things that you can implement into your own lives. That's what I try to do. Not sure if I'm really accomplishing that, but thank you again for listening. So here's how things flow. We have our carefree updates, a break from our sponsor, and then we'll get into our topic of the day. Now, this week's one and only Carefree Update, I want to dedicate to a man that was named Amir Locke. Amir Locke was 22 years old, and recently, in case you haven't heard this story, he was killed by police in Minneapolis. And if Minneapolis sounds familiar, let me just read you a portion of this article from the New York Times. Now, mind you, this article was published February 5th. February 5th this year, so this is very recent, and it says, Chanting the name of Amir Rice, a large crowd of protesters marched in frigid weather in downtown Minneapolis on Saturday to voice exasperation and anger over the conduct of law enforcement officers nearly two years after the murder of George Floyd. Mr. Locke, 22 years old, was fatally shot in an early morning raid at an apartment complex on Wednesday when a SWAT team for the Minneapolis Police Department carried out a search warrant involving a homicide for the police in nearby St. Paul. Mr. Locke, Amir, his name was not named as a suspect in the warrant. His name was not in the warrant, according to authorities, nor was he a resident of the apartment, according to Jeff Storms, a lawyer representing Mr. Locke's family, who said that Mr. Locke was staying there with a cousin. Tensions over racial justice and police violence were already elevated in the Twin Cities before the death of Mr. Locke, who was black. The federal trial against the three former Minneapolis police officers who stood by as Derek Chauvin, their superior officer, knelt on Mr. Floyd's neck has been underway since January 24th. A graphic and brief body cam video of the raid involving Mr. Locke released by the Minneapolis Police Department on Thursday night shows an officer quietly turning a key in the apartment door before officers enter the apartment and begin to shout. Police search warrant, they yell. One officer kicked the back of the couch where Mr. Locke was huddled under a blanket, jarring Mr. Locke and making a gun visible. The police fire at least three times in response. Mr. Locke died of multiple gunshot wounds, according to the medical examiner. So I I don't know about you all, but this is my first time hearing of this. This is my first time hearing of Amir Locke. This is my first time hearing of this story. I just happened to be going through um, Huffington Post. They have a section on their website um, that says Black Voices. And I saw 
a recent article and I'm like, wait, what? So I go to, you know, Google and I type in a mirror lock. So I started reading this article from the New York Times, which came out yesterday because I'm recording this podcast on Sunday. So it came out yesterday. And this is my first time hearing about this. So as far as I know, there has been no large public outcry about this. There has not been, um, you know, videos floating around different social media platforms as much as they have for previous cases. But this, this deserves attention. I don't know if you all have heard about it, but it's definitely bringing up some feelings that I felt two years ago in 2020 when we were facing, you know, the reckoning that was going on across the United States. And this article goes on, it has another paragraph that says, the killing of Amir Locke has increased scrutiny of the use of so-called no-knock warrants by the police and on the efforts in and on the efforts in Minneapolis to restrict the use of those surprise searches. No-knock warrants allow the police to enter property without first announcing their presence and are primarily used when there is concern that evidence will be destroyed or officers will be put in danger. The police department had obtained both knock and no-knock warrants for searches at three units in the apartment complex so the officers could decide which was appropriate in the moment. I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall or a fly outside to hear their decision-making when they were in the parking lot deciding which warrant they were going to use, the knock or the no-knock warrant. And I think it just goes to show that, of course, they're going to go with the no-knock warrant. Like, of course. And I don't know about you all, but first of all, Amir did not live in this apartment. He was with a cousin. He was actually planning to move to Texas to be closer to his mother and to pursue his dreams later this week before he was shot and killed by police officers. But I don't know about you all, but if I'm jarred out of my sleep, if I'm sleeping comfortably on a couch, whether it's my couch, a friend's couch, a cousin's couch in their apartment where I feel safe and someone kicks the back of the couch that I'm sleeping on, and it jars me awake, I'm sure all of you all have been like startled out of your sleep. Like you're sleeping comfortably and something happens, a loud noise, I don't know, thunder. I'm from Florida, so a lot of times we have like loud thunder and storms that can like wake you out of your sleep. When you have things like that, or even a person like scares you out of your sleep, that's not a good feeling. It's a scary feeling. And to know that he was sound asleep, they kicked the back of this couch where he was, His name was not even on the warrant, y'all. And they see the gun on the couch and instantly you start shooting. You start shooting instantly. Now, I have not seen the video footage. I am protecting my mental health. So I probably will never see the video footage. But I did see um, like a screen grab on a different article. And it was saying that he reached for the gun before the police shot him. But a person's decision-making just waking out of their sleep, it takes me a good 10 minutes to realize where I am. You know, it takes me, I can be in my own home. It can take me a good 10 minutes to realize, okay, I'm up, I'm in my bed. Today is Tuesday. It's nine o'clock. This is what I have to do today. Somebody wakes you out of your sleep. You have a gun for your protection. Now, mind you, he was licensed to carry and he also had a permit for concealed weapon. So nowhere was he in the wrong in this situation. His name was not on the warrant. 
He was not wrong in any sense of this. The police were wrong. 100%. 100%. And I'm really not understanding why we still have these no-knock warrants. I, I do not understand why we have these no-knock warrants. Isn't this the same issue that we had with Breonna Taylor? Am I wrong? Was it the same issue where we had these no-knock warrants and that was the problem? But, I mean, I just, if someone, I'm trying to make sense of it, but my professor at FAMU, she would always say you cannot make sense out of nonsense. And that is so true. But I'm, I'm still trying to make sense out of it. If you kick a couch where someone is sleeping, jarring them out of their sleep, they have a gun or something to protect them next to them where they were licensed to carry. They had all the paperwork. You do everything right. It's crazy that you can do everything right. You can play by all the rules and still something like this can happen. And you have no justice. I don't know what has happened with the police or the SWAT team after this happened. I don't know if they've been put on paid leave or anything like that. Um, but, you know, it's just, it's crazy to me. It's absolutely insane to me. Wow. Wow. So I just wanted to share that with you all in case you had not heard it. Um, tell a friend to tell a friend about that because this the, we have to do away with these no-knock warrants. The same thing happened with Breonna Taylor. We have to get rid of this because it's just giving them justification to enter people's homes and start shooting. Like, if you are trigger happy, I don't think you should be a police officer. And that's my opinion, and I'm sticking to it. All right, here's a break for our sponsor, and then we'll get into our topic. So last week, we started a series here on the podcast entitled Lessons from a Love Song, and I gave you all the whole backstory about why I started this series this month. So if you have not heard last week, I'm not going to go through it again, but if you have not heard last week, you should probably start there so that this episode will make more sense to you and you'll know where we're coming from this time. But... As you all know, last week we started with Let It Flow by Toni Braxton. Of course, I gave you all my reasoning and how that song actually triggered the thought process behind this series. But if there had to be a second song that also, you know, really solidified, like if Toni Braxton's song just gave me the idea, this song solidified the case. This song was the nail that said, yep this is it. We're going to do this this month. Like, and I'll just find two other songs to make, you know, fit into the rest of the month because this song right here, it's by a woman that I believe is super talented, um, has an incredible voice, is one of the, one of the amazing singers of our generation. And her name is Adele. I love some Adele. And she released a new album. I'm sure you all have heard about it already. She did a major press run, and it was great. The name of the album is 30. So Adele, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe she has like ages for all of her albums. So I remember the very first album I heard by her was 19. And I remember I was in like high school, I want to say. And she had two more in between this one, this 30, in between 19 and 30. And this album, I love this album. But this song, I remember I woke up the morning after it was released because I was waiting on it to come out. 
And so I was in the restroom getting ready and I had it playing on the speakers. And when we got to this song, I had to rewind this song like three times. Because one, I don't think I had ever heard Adele talk like this in a song. And secondly, I was just like, yes, say it again. Say it again. Like, I feel like she put so many uh, feelings that women have into this record. And the name of the record is Woman Like Me. If you have not heard that song, like I told you all last week, if you haven't heard the song, I encourage you to listen to the song first and then come back and finish the episode. But if you've heard the song, let's continue. So the song, the first four lines in the song are, you driving me away, give me a reason to stay. I want to be lost in you, but not in this way. And this part, I feel like in the song, she's just giving you the preface of the relationship. She's just giving you the foundation of the headspace she's in with this person. And also, there are certain points in this song that can also remind you of a friendship. So you can look at it both ways. You can look at it as a relationship, and you can also look at it as a friendship. Since it's February, Valentine's Month and everything, and it's titled Lessons from a Love Song, we'll stay that course. But... I think you can apply this to some friendships too. So she's saying you're driving me away. Give me a reason to stay. So basically when a person is like giving you every reason to leave them and you're in your mind, you're like, what is wrong with you? Like you are not helping the situation. We are already on rocky ground. Why are you doing all of these things to further get me to leave you? Because I will leave you. (laughs) Like if you don't think I will, I will. And she continues and she says, I don't think you quite understand who you have on your hands. How can you not see just how good for you I am? And this, so it's a two-parter. Because on one hand, I feel like it's that feeling where you are asking the person the question. Like, you're posing the question in a way that is kind of like, I don't want to say begging, but you're trying to get them to see how good you are to them. You're trying to get them to see how good the two of you all could be together. But it's also that like, okay, what's wrong with you? Because I'm great. Like, why can't you see that? And I'm great for you. And if you can't see that, then there's a problem here. So I think this first verse was... The first part, I think the first verse, she's kind of like asking the question, posing the question like, I want to be this person for you. I want to be good for you. I want to be everything that you need and more. But you aren't giving me the time and space to do that because you're like being combative and you're doing all of these things that are hindering our relationship. But I think when we get further in the song, that's when she becomes the um, something is wrong with you for not seeing how good we could be together. So then she says, I know you've been hurt before. That's why you feel so insecure. I beg you to let me in because I only want to be the cure. And this is coming from a person who has been hurt. So obviously this person has shared with her their prior experiences. They told her, you know, this person has hurt me. This is why I act this way. Um, And then a person, you know, even we can carry insecurities into new relationships because we're thinking about everything that has happened prior to this person because it can definitely happen again. And a lot of times you can put that 
on who you're with currently because it can be a shield. You can put it up as a fence, a guard, because you're looking for different things in this person that reminds you of someone you've dealt with previously because you're looking for a red flag at this point. And it's like, mm, that person chewed their food like that and you're chewing your food like that. So are you like this person? That's kind of extreme, but you all know what I mean. You can look for different red flags in a person because you're trying to avoid having that same experience that you've had prior. So then she says, if you don't choose to grow, we ain't ever going to know just how good this could be. I really hope that this would go somewhere. And we are about to get into the meat of the song. We are about to get into the part of the song where I was like, come on, Adele. Speak it, Adele. Say it, Adele. Because Sis really got in her bag in this song. If you have not heard this song, please listen to this song. So... Here, again, she said, if you don't choose to grow, we ain't ever going to know just how good this could be. I really hope that this will go somewhere. And, you know, you go into a relationship with expectations and you go with high hopes and you feel like this person could be it. You know, we can have a great time. Even if you aren't thinking that far down the line, you can be thinking just until tomorrow. You're like, this could really be great. You know how we are. We start, you have a good night or you have a good conversation and you're like, hmm. This could really go somewhere, but those red flags come up, and she's going to tell you what the red flag is in this person, and that's when she kicks off the next part, and she says, complacency is the worst trait to have. Are you crazy? You ain't ever had, ain't ever had a woman like me. It is so sad a man like you could be so lazy. Consistency is the gift to give for free and it is key to ever keep to ever keep a woman like me when I tell you I almost shouted I almost shouted when she said that complacency is the worst trait to have are you crazy this is when sis I told you all later in the song that's when she starts to like Okay, something is wrong with you. This is when she got there. This is the part in the song where she was like, it's not me, it's you. And like literally meant it. It's not me, it's you. Something is wrong with you. And my favorite part in this verse, I don't actually, I don't know what part my favorite is, but I love when she says, it's so sad a man like you could be so lazy. Consistency is the gift to give for free. And it's crazy how people don't realize that just being consistent in things could save you so much headache, heartache, pain along the way. Just be consistent. If you start with a certain energy in a relationship, keep that same energy. Like, keep that same energy. A lot of relationships fail, I believe, because people get comfortable and they get used to the routine of things. They get used to this person being there and they feel like, okay, you're here. You're always going to be here. And that's not always the case. You have to keep the same energy that you had in the beginning of the relationship with this person. So then she goes into the next verse and she says, this is when sis is in her bag, okay? She says, all you do is complain about decisions you make. How can I help lift you if you refuse to activate? The life that you truly want, I know it's hard, but it's not. We come from the same place, but you will never give it up. And this, oh, if this didn't remind me of someone, y'all. So basically she's saying here that 
we have the same 24 hours. We come from the same place. We come from the same city. We come from the same circumstances. We come from the same background. If I'm out here getting it, you can get it too. And what does it look like if I'm out here getting it? And you all should, hopefully you know what I mean by I'm out here getting it. And you're like just complaining about how hard it is for you to get it. But I'm out here making it happen. That's what she's saying. All you do is complain about decisions you make. How can I help lift you if you refuse to activate? It's like pushing a boulder up a hill. Literally pushing a boulder up a hill. <laughs> like, how can I help lift you? How can I help encourage you? How can I help build up your self-esteem if you refuse to even put the work in to make anything happen? You're making it hard for yourself and for me. And if I can do it, so can you. That's what she's saying. Like, we come from the same place, but you will never give it up. Let me go back. Let me go back. She says, we come from the same place, but you will never give it up. It's where they make you feel powerful. That's why you think I make you feel small. But that's your projection. That's not my rejection. Side note, I was going through um, old podcast episodes and I really missed the old episodes on here. There was one um, that I came across. Um, if y'all haven't heard it, you there's a great chance that you haven't heard it because it was very early on in the um, in the podcast, very early on. I believe it was like our first year. It's entitled Congratulations, You Projected Yourself. And it's about, you know, projecting onto others like your insecurities and things like that so if you haven't heard that again it's congratulations you projected yourself but I came across that and I was like oh I remember that episode that was a good episode so anyway this is what she's talking about here she's saying that you know he's hearing from everyone else confirmation on what he's saying or agreement in what he's saying he's saying how hard it is out here how he can't you know get anything to go through he can't make anything happen because of how difficult it is And she's on the other end saying, you can do this. Like, look at what I'm doing. Look at what I'm accomplishing. You can do the same thing. I believe in you. And if she's this one person over here saying this, and then he has a group of people that are confirming or just like being yes men and confirming everything that he's saying, like, yeah, man, I agree. I agree. Instead of saying, no, like, bro, this is how you should do it. This is what you need to do. He, of course, is going to have some resentment towards her instead of these people or towards himself. He's going to feel like she's the issue. And that's what she means here. Like, that's why you think I make you feel small, but that's your projection. That's not my rejection. I'm not saying I'm rejecting you. I'm not saying that I don't believe you. Um, I'm just telling you that you can make this happen and you are projecting your feelings into this relationship. And then she says, I put my heart on the line for the very first time because you asked me to, but now you've gone and changed your mind. And that's pretty self-explanatory. She probably went into this relationship guarded, as many of us do, to avoid, you know, the heartbreak (laughs) or the fallout from a relationship. You can go in guarded. And ultimately, he brought her walls down. But now that they've gotten into this relationship, He's changed his mind about the entire thing. And that's why she's feeling some kind of way. 
And she says, but loving you was a breakthrough. I saw what my heart can really do. Now some other man will get the love I have for you because you don't care. And I love this outlook. Me, not so much, but I love this for her. She's saying like the experiences that I've had with you have shown me that I am capable of love, that I can love another person, that I can deal with another person. Me, on the other hand, I need to work on that because I'm just like, mm mm. <laughs> no, I'm good. Um, but she's like, you know, it was a breakthrough for her. Like she learned from this experience with this person and that she's seen like what her heart is capable of and just how much she can love a person. And she is more than willing to take that energy and put it into a different person, different space and a better relationship. And then she goes back into my favorite part. Complacency is the worst trait to have. Are you crazy? You ain't ever had, ain't ever had a woman like me. It is so sad. A man like you could be so lazy. Consistency is the gift to give for free. And it is key to ever keep, to ever keep a woman like me. And again, she's just saying the same thing. Like, don't be lazy. Don't be complacent. Don't get comfortable. Like, get up, get in your bag, make your things happen, and also bring that kind of energy into the relationship. And one thing I've noticed too is that often people will, when they are unhappy in their circumstances, if they are unhappy in their careers, if they feel like um, they aren't making enough money, if they feel like their career is at a standstill or they aren't happy in it, um, whatever, I have noticed just from other people's relationships that sometimes that feeling of like not being enough or not having enough or not doing enough, people will bring that negativity into relationships and like put it on the other person. And I've talked to people where they're like, telling me what the other person is doing and why they're so unhappy. And in my mind, I'm like, it's because they're unhappy in themselves. It's because they're unhappy with what they're doing. It's because they're unhappy that they can't match you in a relationship. And oftentimes, y'all, that's what it is. It's not you. It's not anything you've done. It's not anything you've said. It's just that they haven't seen it for themselves yet. They aren't happy within themselves. They aren't happy within their careers. They aren't happy at their jobs. They don't feel like they make enough money. They don't feel like they have a nice enough car. They don't feel like they can take you to a nice enough restaurant or get you nice enough things. And you will feel like it's you and it's not you. It's that person. And that is what this song is saying. So don't feel bad, y'all. And if you ever feel bad, go and listen to this song, Woman Like Me by Adele. And I promise you, you'll feel 10 times better after you listen to it. Because you're going to have to listen to it a second time after you listen to it the first time. And speaking of, I'm about to go play it right now. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to stay black and carefree. And I'll see you guys next week in a new episode of The Carefree and Black Diaries. Bye, guys.